I want to go back to the book of Corinthians for a few moments tonight. And I hope they get to their classes very quickly because I may be through quicker than they think. But I want to go back to a portion that we looked at before we uh, I left and was out of town. But 1 Corinthians chapter 9, there is one particular verse that has... Um, it has stuck in my mind and in my spirit. And when something like that happens, I try not to move past it too quickly because I know that God's trying to give me some information that I need. And so we, we looked at 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, but tonight I just want to go to verse 26 and read and then I'll let you be seated. Thank you for standing. All of this time. Paul said it like this. I, everybody say I, therefore. Remember what I've always said. Anytime there's a therefore, you need to stop and find out what it's there for. So he's talking about all of this other stuff. This war that we're in. This race that we're in. Therefore. Because of what's at stake, because of what we're dealing with, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Tonight, I don't really know what I need to call this, but Perhaps just the key to my personal victory. The key to my personal victory. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. I don't know how many of you have ever seen a fight before. But um, I grew up on a little bit of the rough side of town. It was certainly the poor side of town, but I guess because of our poverty um, we we saw a lot of fights I remember one of the uh, first fights that I can remember at school I was a first grader and somehow I had gotten all the way down to the sixth grade on the playground I wasn't supposed to be there but I I was there and uh, there was this big old boy and another uh, guy that uh, had crossed paths and evidently they didn't like each other. And so they decided they were going to duke it out. Well, teacher stepped in, stopped it. And I heard one of them say, we'll get you after school. So I went back to class, but I made sure when school was out, I was back at that end of town because I wanted to see what was going to happen. And I'll never forget these two boys started to circle one another, and it was almost comical. Uh, big old boy, and he just kind of waded in and just started doing this windmill thing. And he caught about one punch out of five or six. But this other guy, he was wide-eyed and ready. And before this guy could get his windmill going, he had already punched his lights out about four times. 
And uh, I learned something that day about fighting. And I've tried not to use it physically because I don't like to fight physically, but I have tried to apply that spiritual principle to my life. I want to make my swings count. Amen. I want to fight effectively, not hysterically. And I think sometimes in our spiritual journey, things happen and we think because there's a lot of motion involved that we're doing good. But Paul said something quite different. It may be my age, I don't know, but <clears throat> I, I find myself more concerned now with making my life count than ever before that I can remember. I want my efforts to count. I want my prayers to count. I want my worship to count. I I want coming to church to count. And I'm serious about it. That, I like sitting up here on the front. I don't even know what's going on behind me half the time. You say, well, you're the pastor. You're supposed to know. No, I don't need to know. Because there's one thing we all should be here for. And that's to worship and magnify the Lord. But I've learned this much about coming to church. If you're not careful, there's a lot of other things that can get in your rearview mirror. And you cannot drive safely or effectively keeping your eyes on that rearview mirror. You got to keep it focused on the road that's before you. And spiritual growth is a concept that continually stirs me and it is something that continually moves me because I, 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 I do want to grow. I want to, I want to become more like what he created me to be. But my success in life is not based on just what I've done, but how far I've come from where I started. I believe that everybody in this building tonight wants their life to be meaningful and successful and filled with purpose. I don't think anybody here tonight is interested in wasting their life. But however uh, that may be, good intentions do not equate to desirable outcomes. Now, I have no doubt in my mind when that big old boy started his windmill, his intentions were to get connection somewhere. But it's kind of hard to make a connection when your head's down and your eyes are closed and the guy you're fighting is bebopping around. You don't even know if he's still in front of you or not. Now, I know that may seem humorous, but the reality is many times in our spiritual journey, that is a picture of how we go about our spiritual warfare. We just duck our head and start swinging. And and we get mad and we get frustrated because of how little effect there seems to be on uh, what we're trying to accomplish. We say, well, we, I'm praying more than I've ever prayed, but I don't, I seem to be seeing less happen. Well, I've also learned that just because you pray a lot doesn't mean that if that prayer is not focused in the right path and you're not praying in the right spirit, 
Sometimes it becomes nothing more than just words and, and, and rote and routine. And I, I know that I'm, I, I want you to pray and I certainly need to pray more, but I want my prayers to be effective. I, I don't want to just pray words and repetitious phrases that I have learned and that are part of my vocabulary and that come out just like you ladies when you go to the kitchen. You don't have to get out a measuring stick. If a man's in the kitchen, he's opening every drawer. He's looking for every spoon he can find because he, he's not he hasn't frequented that place enough to know what an ounce or a tablespoon. But most of you ladies, you don't even need a measure. You just reach here and look at it. Oh, that's, that's about right. And my mother was a, 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 an ace at doing that. And it always mystified me how she could do that. But the reality was, if I had spent as much time in the kitchen doing what she did as she did, I would have been as good as she was. But in church, sometimes we can become so familiar with our surroundings that because it's something we've done, we get into this rut and we go through all of the right motions and we say all of the right words, but the spirit is missing. Something vital is missing and we've got to have that. And so I found myself praying more and more, God, help me to get connected. Help me to plug in to where, where, where you want us to be and what you want us to do. Help me to be sensitive to your spirit. Because when God moves and God is continually moving, I want to know what he's doing and where he's moving. I don't want God to move and then uh, have to pull or withdraw his moving because nobody's paying attention. Just like earlier, something in my spirit, hunger, I want that. Something attracts me to that. I'm drawn to that. I want more of that because I know that's the atmosphere where revival comes. That's the atmosphere where miraculous things happen. And we've got to develop a hunger so that what we're doing is not just motion, but it is intentional motion and it is purposed action. And what we're reaching for is a visitation and a move of God and when we feel that or sense that that we go after it like a bloodhound on a trail amen and I realize that the spiritual journey that we're on tonight is not always easy and I said it earlier I say it again it doesn't take a lot of living in this world to get worn out and get um, get the life just completely sucked out of you, but there's got to be something that reconnects us and re-energizes. And our spiritual journey is not practice, folks. This is real. This is real. This is counting. And everything we do right now counts. And we're not going to get to go back and do it over again. We're not going to get to push a button and reset it and say, oh, I didn't like the outcome of that. Uh, it as the tree falleth, so shall it lie. That's what the scripture said. And one of these days, it's all going to be over. And only one life will soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ is going to last. There's something that I need to constantly be reminding myself of and keep in the forefront of my mind. And that is every day matters. Say that with me. Every day matters. Amen. 
I realize that there's someone out there that doesn't want me to succeed, but I've learned this much about life as well. I can be guilty of sabotaging my own success. And you've heard it. I don't need to repeat it, but we don't need a devil to be bad. We, we can take care of that all by ourselves. And so many times I'd like to blame it on the devil. I'd like to, but the reality is I'm the one that caused that. I'm the one that, that let my carnality get the best of me. And so when I was reading this a while back, this verse got a hold of me and it just started eating deeper into my spirit. Paul gave us a, 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 a uh, an admonition uh, to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. But in in writing to the Corinthians, he said, I need you to understand that fighting alone is not the key to success, but it is fighting effectively and making those punches count. Make sure you're hitting the target rather than just swinging your arms and flailing. And so Paul's principle is something that that has been working on me, and I hope it can get a hold of you and begin to work on you to become a guiding thought in my mind that I am not running uncertainly, that I don't know where the goal is, that I don't know what I'm running for, that I'm not just running for the sake of running, but I'm running towards something. I'm trying to accomplish something. But more importantly, that I not waste my energy beating the air. I love that. I looked that word up in the Greek this afternoon, and it means flailing or thrashing. Just Flailing, thrashing, not orchestrated or, or or ordered punches as a fighter would do, but just swinging, just swinging and thinking that because I'm swinging, I'm 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 succeeding, but I'm not succeeding just because I'm swinging, and I'm not succeeding just because I'm running. I'm only succeeding if I'm running toward the right thing and I'm pursuing the right thing. Do you know that it's possible in life to get on the wrong bus? And you're moving, but where are you moving to? And life can sometimes carry us along. And because we're moving and we're doing things and we're active, we think, well, everything must be good. But my question is, am I really any closer to him today than I was 10 years ago? More than that, am I any smarter in my spiritual journey today than I was 10 years ago? If I'm not, that's a good indication. I may be just as guilty as Israel was. They're just going around the same mountain. Going around the same circle. Man, this looks familiar. I've been, boy, isn't it, isn't it strange you come to some place and you think, man, I've been here before. You know what the truth is? You have. I have. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. And, and, and we think, well, you know, I, I, I'm faithful. I, I do this. I do that. And, and those things are, are important. 
But if they're not pointed in the right direction and they're not for the right cause or the right purpose, all I'm doing is spending my energy, but I'm not accomplishing what I want to accomplish. What is it that you want to be in God? Where is it that you want to go in God? How close do you want to live to God? Those are the things that ought to drive our spirit. And if we're not getting close enough, say, God, I don't know what's hindering me. I don't know what's preventing me, but you've got to help me because I have got to draw closer to you. Amen. I I get tired of fighting the same battles. Any of you fight any of the same battles? I'm, I'm looking for a way to get beyond that so that I can fight some new battles. Amen. I know that sounds crazy, but I feel like I'm I'm, a lot of times I'm, I've got a lot of motion going on, but motion does not equate to success. Fight like one who is hitting at something. Amen. You're hitting at something. Fight effectively, not hysterically. Being strategic and intentional. That boy, he was, he, he was flailing. Swinging, I'm talking about, if he had connected, he had probably knocked that kid to New York City. But in, in, instead, he was getting his lights punched out of him. Nose started bleeding. And that just made him worse. That made him madder because he's expending all this energy and, and he's not even connecting. And Paul said, you know what? I see the same thing in the spiritual life of God's people. They spend a lot of time in activity, but there's no result from what they're doing. And they're, they're not being strategic. They're not living wisely. They're not living well. And so as I began to go through this, the Lord began to talk to me. And, and these are some of the things that he talked to me about. I'm just going to share them with you. If you don't need them, just throw them aside. You may need them later on. But we must be effective, not just active. Amen. Say that with me. I want to be effective, not just active. There are people who have been busy that backslid. There are preachers that have backslidden preaching every Sunday. One man in particular told Brother Kilgore years ago, he said, Brother Kilgore, when, when he was asked, how, how did this happen? He said, I stopped praying five years ago. He didn't stop preaching, but he stopped praying. And that can carry you a long way, but somewhere you're going to crash. And, and so, the Lord been talking to me. You, you know what? You do this every weekend. You better make sure you make it count. This is no game we're playing here. This is not something that you just get through an event and then you get to build up toward another event. This is a, this is for life. This is eternal what you're involved in. So you make sure, you make certain that every service counts. That when you get into this book, you're not interested in being cute, but you're interested in discovering a spiritual truth that will help my people because this life matters to me and their lives matter to me amen active but not alert to our spiritual condition 
efforts alone do not equate to effectiveness. Amen. Efforts alone do not equate to effectiveness. Good intentions do not translate into desired results. Number two, the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to realize that focus is more important than fervor. Now, that doesn't sit very well with Pentecostal because we are full of fervor. But zeal alone is not sufficient to keep me going in the right direction. I can be as as sincere as the day is long and still be wrong. I can be as active as I want to be and yet still miss the boat. Zeal is a wonderful thing, but you can be zealous over the wrong things. For instance, many times church troubles come from people who are zealous over the wrong thing. They hear a little tidbit of gossip about somebody. Instead of driving it to prayer, it drives them to more talking. And they're, oh, Brother Hughes, I'm just trying to protect you. Are you? Are you just being nosy? Amen. What I'm saying is that my focus, what am I trying to accomplish? What will I accomplish if I talk about it? What will I accomplish if I pray about it? Why don't you weigh those two options out and you'll determine like I have. Most of the time, it's better to pray about it than it is to talk about it. Because when I put it into his hand, God is able to do things with it that I could never have done with it with all of the talking in the world. So focus is more important than fervor. Not saying that fervor isn't important, but you can be fervently wrong. Amen. If I prayed as much as I talked, oh, man. Oh, as much as I shared, maybe I should say that. As much as I shared. Oh, I just, I, I just feel a burden. <laughs> I'm just driving around tonight. Y'all stay with me. Amen. Zeal, Paul talked about it in Romans 10 verse 2. My zeal needs to have some knowledge attached to it. Because that's what makes zeal Powerful. That's what makes zeal effective is if there's knowledge connected to it. Zeal according to knowledge, discernment, to know or to recognize, to be fully acquainted with something. Amen. How many of you are still interested in being a better child of God? Oh, Lord, help me. The key to effectively living this life is to understand what Paul is talking about here in Corinthians chapter 9. Not beating the air. Now you know he had to have seen that, to have used that as an illustration. And if he had seen it, certainly I would see it. And more than that, I have a feeling that Paul was even talking about some of his own struggles. 
And he realized that there's a lot of wasted energy. And so we cannot win in life against what we will not confront. And we cannot overcome what we're unwilling to admit. And so I have to realize, am I being effective? And you know what? I'm not being as effective as I need to be. And that's driven me to want to get back to to deeper prayer. I don't know about you, but it's made me want to get deeper into this book and, and get closer connected to him. Because God is not interested in my wisdom. He's interested in me learning his wisdom. Amen. Because I may think that I have all knowledge, but he is all knowledge. Amen. And so if I want to tap into that resource, I've got to get connected to it. And I've got to make sure that that stays my priority. I need to 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 understand that my efforts have got to be timed and they've, they've got to be methodical and they've got to be focused and driven. They've got to be on target. Amen. I hate wasting a summer. That's why I've always tried, you know, summertime, I've always been told, well, you might as well just put it on cruise control. People are going to leave and go on vacation. That's usually when I like to just turn the coals up, turn, turn the heat up a little bit. Because I want God to know, I don't care if people are on vacation. I know you're not on vacation. And sinners or whatever needs are still present. And so we're going to, we're going to entertain your presence and make room for you to do something sovereign and supernatural. Amen. And the older you get, sometimes the more you feel like, well, I've earned this. Just put it up there, push that little button, put it on cruise control. Amen. I'm not talking to anybody here, I know. But if you've been guilty of that, you need to reach up there and put that button off, turn it off, and 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 start driving with a little more clarity and focus. Amen. Not just beating the air. Amen. Praise God. Wouldn't it be powerful if 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 we could get hold of this principle and and, and start really drawing in and, and digging in and getting focused. And we come in here on a Sunday morning and about three words into the song and it just explodes and people start receiving the Holy Ghost all over the auditorium and people are healed right in the middle of worship time. That's how apostolic church ought to be. While he was preaching, while this was going on, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. But you gotta, you gotta be pointed toward that for that to happen. Focus. Everybody say it. Focus. Not beating the air. I want everything that I'm doing to count. But I have to admit, I, I've not done real well at that at times. I, I, I've, I've not done real well, but I want to get connected. Amen. And to do that, I think there's a few things that you and I have got to do. Number one, we have to face the truth. I've got to deal with the real. The real me. The real problem. Where am I? What am I struggling with? Why am I still in the same place? If I'm not any further down the road, if I'm still battling the same things I battle four years ago or two years ago, or those same issues are cropping up. Why 
am I not past that? Why am I still? I've got to be willing to be honest about that. Because when I become honest and I face the truth, that's the only thing that can liberate me. John, uh, John chapter 8, Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Truth is what liberates me. And so unless I'm willing to face the real me and face the fact that you're not doing too hot, bub. You're not praying like you should pray. You're not, you're not into this like you, you, you're, you've got a lot of motion, a lot of movement, but you're not succeeding very well. What, what, what is this weakness that you keep struggling with? And is it truth alone that will set me free? It's the only thing that will bring me to the place where I can get beyond that problem and move to a higher place in Him. And if I'm not willing to face that, then I'm going to keep going around this same mountain. Number two, I've got to not just face the truth, but I've got to face the facts about my situation. And I have to quit blaming others because of what I am or where I am. I am what I am because I am what I am. Amen. Now you say, well, my wife or my husband... Or my kids or my job. No. The reality is I am what I am because I am what I am. (laughs) I know that's deep tonight. I know that's really deep. But the truth is we have to stop excusing our short temper. Those few words that keep coming out, you need to get them out of your vocabulary. And the only way you can get them out of your vocabulary is to first admit that they're in my vocabulary and they don't belong in my vocabulary and take an eraser and erase those things out of that vocabulary so you can get beyond that. Amen. I know this is just cornbread tonight, but it'll help you, man. If I'm struggling with jealousy or bitterness or hatred or resentment, those are all my choice. I, there's, those things are not forced on me. Those are things that I open myself to. Now, I'm, I, I know people hurt us. I've been hurt before. I'm not exempt from that. I probably get talked more about than anybody in this building. But that's not what you listen for. I'm more interested in what he has to say about me than what people have to say about me anyway. So I keep staying in this book because this book keeps telling me what I can be, even though I may not be that now. There's always something working in my life that will help get me to that place. And so, you know, people have opinions like your nose. Everybody's got one. But I'm not going to let somebody's opinion of me drive me away from God or away from the church or in I'm just going to figure out a way to get to a different place in the church where I don't have to see him I can get more focused on him and when I get to the altar if you stay close enough to the altar you can't see who's behind you anyway and you know what when you really get on that altar and die you don't really care because you're dead 
Perhaps that's why Paul talked about being crucified with Christ. I live, but I live through the faith of the Son of God. I, 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 I had to die to some stuff. And the tragedy is far too often I'm not dead enough because when I get dead enough, people can't hurt my feelings. Okay. That's number three. I've said this before already, but I've got to face the real enemy. The one that's in me. Because my carnal nature will make every excuse in the world for my behavior. Well, I've been through a hard time. I've had some tough breaks. I've had some hard knocks. Brother Hughes, there's just been so much going on. What's new? What's news? It's always, stuff's always been going on. It's only when you allow it to become your focus that it begins to gain any weight in your life. And when you give it weight, then it, it, it has a magnetism. It just draws you deeper and deeper into it. And maybe I'm just a unique person but I've learned in my life that there's some things I just need to be deaf to. And there's, I, I, somebody said this about pastoring years ago. You got a pastor with a blind eye and a deaf ear. And, and that's a pretty good philosophy about life. There's some things you just have to go through life and, and, and understand that it's not going to be fair. It's not going to be even handed. Get over that. It, it's okay. We, we don't have to have a fair life to be able to live for God. Look at Paul. Why was Paul in prison? He was in prison because he preached the gospel. The good news got him put in jail and got him beat up with stripes innumerable. And and yet out of that prison cell flowed the letters of the New Testament church that have encouraged us even to this day. What am I saying? I'm saying it doesn't matter what your environment is. It's not your environment. It's what's in you in that environment that will make the difference and help you rise up and be what you need to be. And you can be a Christian walk in the streets or you can be a... Christian incarcerated or whatever. You, 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 you need to be a child of God wherever you are. And so I've got to face the real me. I can only correct in my life what I'm willing to confront. And a lot of times we live along a river called denial. Amen. And we like to think better of ourselves. And I, I don't like to go around beating myself up. I don't do that. I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about living for God in a way that is decisive and deliberate and strategic and not just wasted motions, but making everything count. It's a battle. I know that. But I want to make the battle count. We don't need to waste our time or energy on empty punches or wasted motion. We need to make everything we do count. Amen. Even when you just are not even thinking about it, you can still be effective. If there's an issue in my life that's troubling me, then I I need to find 
an honest way to face it and move past it and look for ways that I can learn from my mistakes and my shortcomings and rise up and be what God has called me to be. I'm going to tell you right now, you've not seen the best pastor that you could see. I'm just telling you that. But if God will help me, I'm going to try to be better. I'm going to try to do better because everything that we're about matters to God. And I find myself busy today. Things, it's been a little chaotic around here, as you can imagine. And I find, I got to the place I thought, man, I got to go pray. I got to go pray. I couldn't find a place to pray where there wasn't somebody. I finally got over in that corner over there and put my nose in that dark corner. And I said, God, I don't know why it's like this right now, but I need you more than I've ever needed you. And this church needs you more. Don't let the distractions of what's happening. Don't let that nullify what what we need to be doing. Let us be focused. And I, I begin to feel something draw me. I, I, I went back into the office and closed the door and turned the lights down. And I, I made sure nobody came to disturb me. Why? Because there's something has to happen. I don't want to have church as usual. I don't want to just go through some Wednesday night ritual that we're a part of. Oh, because I'm being faithful to God. I want my faithfulness to count for something. I want when it's all said done to say hey it was that it was that night that made the difference for somebody come on stand to your feet and clap your hand hallelujah 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 thank you jesus so run i not as uncertainly and so i fight not as one that beateth the air amen When I go to prayer, I want my prayers to count. When I come to worship, I want my worship to matter. Hallelujah. I don't care what anybody else is doing around me. Look, folks, I started preaching in West Texas where nobody said amen, and there wasn't hardly anybody there. So I had to preach like there was a thousand people and everybody was saying amen. So I don't have to have you saying amen, but there's got to be something in you that said this is the house of God. If this is the house of God, why don't we let God do what he's good at doing? Let's let him be the host. Let's let him be the one that directs the affair and seek him in such a way that he has liberty to do whatever he wants to do. Amen. Not beating the air, but making every worship count, prayer count, service count. Amen. My life. I want to get up tomorrow and go about my day in such a way that somewhere along that day I encounter somebody or something that needs encouragement or help or a word from the Lord so that I can make my life count. Amen. Praise God. Let's love him right now. Hallelujah. I love you tonight, God. I thank you for your touch. I thank you for the stirring of my own heart. Perhaps I'm preaching out of my own convictions tonight, God. 
But whatever it is, let it stir us. Let it cultivate something in us. Let it awaken something. If we're still battling some of the same old issues in our life, God, help us to understand that it's time to move beyond that. We've got to be strategic. We've we've got to be intentional. We cannot be drugged right back into that same sinkhole, but move beyond it, God, so that we can be the church that you have desired and designed us to be, to be the kind of people that you have called us to be. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let it be so, let it be so, let it be so. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Effectively. Get your eyes open. Ask God, God, what do you have today that you need me involved in? Who do you have today that I need to rendezvous with? What can I do today to advance your kingdom and further your purpose? Amen. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your mercies and your grace. And thank you for this night, for your people. I pray something will get a hold of every heart in this building as this verse has gotten a hold of me. And it will stir us up, Lord, to seek you and to be intentional and to be focused in our efforts and to find ourselves being more and more intentional about what we do and where we go and what we say so that we can be what you have called us to be. We ask it in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to move out of this place with purpose. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I I better let you go with that. Praise God. Why don't you turn to somebody and say, quit beating the air. Get serious. Amen. Not that they are, but maybe I am.